At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line, Friday, the day before the eve of divisional weekend. We'll get into it, of course. We've got shows coming up tomorrow here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We start. We got Jick Jack, don't we? Have our man? Is got, our man? We got, we got Carl, the bo- And Carl start. Did Carl start a podcast? I think he's going to start one. I think he's going to. You know, I mean, look, who doesn't need more Carl in their life? I mean, Carl, seriously, Carl Johnson down at the Bon Rivage. I mean, the best was when he was headed out for Thai food. I mean, I didn't even think they have Thai food in Biloxi. I mean, that's <laughs> that was revealing in itself. I mean, that was impressive. Well, most impressive was the combination. He was going to be eating pad thai, but also drinking gin. So nice. Yeah. When, that's yeah, when I, I when, that. I, when I th- when I think of pad thai, I think of gin as well. So that's yes, I, Jack. I, I often never think of pad thai. I would say that that's the one thing that never comes into my mind. I don't. No, think, that's oh, blasphemy. I pad thai today. You don't like pad thai? I mean, I've ha- I had it the other night. There, there, there's a really good restaurant here that makes it. They have a special. They have a night where they do different things, and they had it. It was good, but I, I just don't ever think, oh, I got to get some yeah, pad thai today. Not, you never have I, a hankering I mean, just, for it. You never eat. like if you said, oh, I got to, you know, I'm going to have some pot. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get some meatball. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the track. Like, what's the best lasagna in the world? Like, I'm on that track. I'm going to find it. You know, it's good at home. There's no doubt. You get it. <laughs> Lasagna is the best. Um, so, yeah, Jick Jack will join us. Uh, we're- you know, they don't make it over in Italy. You know, when I was in Italy, I was in Italy 17 days. I was obsessed with trying to find the greatest lasagna ever. And every restaurant I went into, I said, you make lasagna. No, we really don't make it. You know, we don't make it. And I'm like, why don't you? you know, we make it around Christmas. So, I, you know, you just said, I just said, look, I'll be back here on Tuesday. You make lasagna. I'll come back. I wait, got it wait, twice. Wait, I got wait, it why twice. don't they make, I don't, I'm sorry. Why don't they make lasagna in Italy? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think they have a, like, I think it's not part of their, their routine like it is ours, you know? And so, uh, you know, I went to this one place in Siena, actually. It's, and then this lady was, you know, she said, if you come back two days from now, we'll, I'll, I'll have it made. And she did. And we did. And then when I was in Impregnata, and I, I saw this, and I said, I'll come back Saturday. The lady called me on Thursday. She said, I'm going shopping. You coming in for lasagna? I said, I'll be there. We're there. 
And we're there. It was great. No, wait, awesome. Okay, now I have questions. I'm sorry. Stephen, if not now, when? If Patrick. not now, when? Stephen, drop your mask and say what you just said and see if Michael corroborates what you're saying about the he's, – he's, he said something in my ear that now I need to know. So go ahead, Stephen. I, I have, you know, a paisan as, as Michael is, and, and my heritage is both in the north and the south. My grandfather is from the north of Italy. It's very rice-based. It's risotto, right? They do risotto right. and meat. And in the south, it's all pasta-based, right? So it'll be a pasta and a meat. But it's not really the combination. I think lasagna is more of an American creation. Really? It, it kind of really is. I mean, even though there's certain, there's bechamel lasagna, there's a, but yeah, I think that, that he, I think Steven's right. And I think that they'll make it and they make it great. And it's, it's unbelievable, but there, it's not like you walk in there like we would here at some bad Italian restaurant and order lasagna, you know, like, you know, we're, this, this over there, it's not Olive Garden. Let me just say that. So, no disrespect to Olive Garden. No, I'm and, sure people like Olive Garden. To, no, no disrespect to my mom's in Michigan. I mean, if they sponsored the show, too. I'd be happy with. I'd be happy to talk about Olive Garden. However, they don't, so no disrespect. Okay, so then just one more follow up, and we'll get to football. Uh, yeah. If if lasagna isn't, can you get spaghetti? Like what? Like what? What is? Like on the menu oh, that I would oh, recognize. Yeah. Depends. The the beautiful thing about there is you whatever's in season. If you go in March, there's gonna be, you're gonna get something with artichokes in it. It's gonna be all seasonal okay. based. And like and like Steven said, you know, if you're in the north, you know, now my family's all from the south too. So it's the the, the you know typically. You know, Italy is a little bit like the state of New Jersey. It should be split in half. There's the north and the south. You know, the north feels like they do all the work. The south feels like they're lazy. You know, it's kind of like that. Here in New Jersey, the, the, the north is industrial. It's all, you know, it's and down in the south there, it's more farm area. So it's kind of, it's, it's almost two countries within a country. When I'm hanging There's out my, with... I mean, What's that guy on TV? Rick Stevens. I was like giving you a Rick Stevens update here. I better mean, why than, not? Better than Rick. Um, when, when I'm hanging out with people that are not necessarily foodies or maybe trying to impress a young lady, I'll always say, do I, do I uh, sense pesto in this uh, recipe? I'll always <laughs> pretend like I sense a spice. And then uh, just for some reason well, it works. Pesto's not really a spice. It's, it's basil. <laughs> it's kind of a mixture. Yeah, it's not really a I, spice. That's what I meant. That's what I meant, bro. Um, well, let me just follow up one more and then I swear. What? Did you prefer any part or region of Italy? If I were to go visit, would you focus on north, south? Is there something there to focus on? Well, I haven't done the north. I really want to do the north. I want to do. I want to do the the lakes. I want to do the mountains up to the north. I mean, when when I saw that with Stanley Tucci's show last year, I mean, I I want to go back up there. I I love Tuscany. I think you would enjoy Tuscany that as well with great. the wine and the whole the whole ambiance of how they make the wine and the food that goes with it. Their bread, you know, the bread in Tuscany is kind of fascinating because it's not very good until you put something on it. Once the olive oil hits the bread, mm. all of a sudden it becomes good. You know, so. And there's, you know, like this little town of Luca, which Napoleon basically captured during, during his reign and w gave it to his sister. So there's a ton of French influence in Luca, even though it was it, it's, it's with Italian. So it's just it, it, it's a magnificent country. And hopefully some we can go back soon once we get past all this, whatever the hell we're in. Yeah. Now. And you, you mentioned it being a magnificent, magnificent country. What's the irony of war? Remember when Churchill wanted to go offensive up from the bottom of Italy up through? The reason it didn't work is because it's such a gorgeous country and there's yeah. mountains and lakes and like it's just yeah. the irony there. It's so just beautiful. the beauty of Italy for anyway. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I, that You're was, welcome. That, I that, give that, a little tour. That was you fun. Know? I, I actually, you know, it's funny how this world changed. I was in Italy 
when I was on the island of Capri when Barkley got traded, and I was obsessed. I mean, literally, I was obsessed. And this is 19, I think 91, and I had to have it. I had a, I didn't know there's no cell phones, so I had, I went to this payphone on this Capri, and I had a credit card to dial so I could find out what he got traded for and all that because I was obsessed with it. Because then I was a 76er fan, as you know. And I always thought to myself at that point, I could live here. If I could get the USA Today delivered, because I read that every morning, and if I could watch all the NFL games, I said I would live in. The, I would live right here. Like I wouldn't move. And now I don't read the USA Today ever. And I could get all the NFL games minus Scott Hansen better, <laughs> and so I could live there. But I don't. So it was a fa- it was a it was a dumb conversation. It's a ve- we've we've entered what you were looking for then officially, and COVID kind of accelerated this. But we're all remote. Everything's remote yeah. now, and you could have lived do in it. Capri. I mean, I got to talk to Bill Aidy and Brian. Maybe they'll let me live in Capri and you we can could, just Skype hey, it, you know? You can do whatever the hell you want, Lombardi. You know that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, right. So I'm just looking here, and they're reporting it. Biennemi's yeah. kind of become this, and it's polarizing, um, and we would all agree it's it's odd that there's one black head coach in the NFL. So we'll just start there. No doubt. But the one thing he's – Eric Biennemi, the OC there with the Chiefs, is interviewing with Denver. Here's what I would like to say. Some people just, and I may throw myself in there, some people just aren't good interviews. And so it hasn't, yeah. and, and I think it, it doesn't take anything away from his acumen, but sometimes it's about impressing human beings. And from what I understand, Biennemi hasn't been overly impressive in the interviews. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't been in there. But obviously he's not clicking with somebody. There's something going on that he's not clicking and, you know, and, and so that's a problem. And today he's the last and Denver will conclude their interviews with him. And I do think Denver's still in line to get Dan Quinn. Right. Now, today, today, John Mara has it's been confirmed that he had a conversation with Brian Flores before he hired his general manager. I really think they want to hire Flores. Maybe they want to hire Dayball. I, I think if they go in that direction. You know, that certainly we could get because Brian Flores deserves another job. There's to me to fire a guy on that win streak is really wrong. And he deserves another chance to correct whatever the perceived mistakes are. So, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll make some progress in this and we have enough candidates to do that and that they get an opportunity to become a head coach. I, I hope so. But I think where I always have a problem is that we're hiring coaches, but no one's talking about how do we. How do we make sure they keep their job? Everybody focuses on getting the job. But to me, I want to focus on keeping the job, which applies to everyone, but more specifically, some of the young African-American coaches who are going to get an opportunity. What can we do to help them? And the only thing we really can do is train and spend a lot of time with coaches all over on leadership and trying to teach that. And I think this is where the NFL strikes out big time. And I, and I would urge Troy Vincent to try to do this. I've suggested it numerous times. I've said there should be, there's definitely should be a, 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 a center for, you know, for leadership for minority coaches to go there and learn because it really would help. Because one thing about having knowledge of the game, it's nothing how you're leading men. That, and that's really important. The, it may be antiquated at this point, and there may be some issues. The, Ro- the Roonies, they were well-intentioned with the Rooney rule. That, that, was, that came right. from a very pure and wonderful place, and they hired Mike Tomlin, um, and he remains the one African-American head coach. It, it, is, there, is there an update? Is there something that can be added or amended with the Rooney rule to, to help this process out? 
Yeah, I think we should open up a leadership center, call it the Jim Brown Leadership Center for Minority Coaches and and train coaches every single year. Bring 50 of them in and talk about leadership. Don't talk one X and O. Don't even talk about it. You know, just talk about get the Army to come in, get Navy SEAL program, get all these people to come in. And this is how we lead men. This is how we develop character. This is how we develop culture. And then go back to your jobs and work on your football acumen. That's what we need to do. And that's something the league should invest money into. They have it. And if they were really serious, they would. Instead of this political game we're playing with who's running, you know, Matt Eberflus getting the Jacksonville job. Well, if you're, if, you, if you're Byron Leftwich, I mean, you're sitting there saying, well, how can he get the job? He couldn't stop him. He couldn't stop. Like, you don't think Leftwich is thinking that? Yeah. And we can cut one of these head coaches. We can just give Flores one of these jobs and just make amends for the idea that he's not head coach in Miami anymore, right? I mean, why, why does Eberflus deserve a chance and Leftwich does it when Leftwich, looking at Eberflus, he couldn't stop anybody. And it's a hard name to say. I just don't want uh, Eberflus. I hope you get the I job. It's just, I do it's, say that one. You I say, say that, that one, one perfectly. Right. I, I, I said mess Eberflus. up a lot of them. Hey, we got to talk about Jerry Jones's comments. Stephen Bond, did you see Jerry Jones's comments today no, at his radio no, interview? I want to hear. That's what we're going to get to coming back. We need I'm to just get saying on that. this Capri Tuscany. It all just sounds bougie, right? It sounds yeah, nice. It does. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Of course, it's never too early to prepare for the big game and let us, VSIN, for the sixth straight year be a part of the big game. Of course, we're going to have 56 hours of free video coverage uh, coming up on Championship Weekend and then into Super Bowl Weekend, of, excuse me, Big Game Weekend, VSIN.com, leading up to our sixth annual live Big Game BetCast. 56 hours of free coverage, betting strategies, Big Game betting guide, matchup analysis, betting market insights, everything. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join VSIN and the betting experts during and after the action at VSIN.com. Okay, now you got. To be honest with you, you got all of us in studio hungry. We're talking about lasagna. Everybody's <laughs> eating Italian food after the show. I just know that for sure. No doubt. Why not? If not now, when? If Patrick, not now, on. when? Hey, get the carbs early. We're all training for a marathon, apparently. Oh, yeah. something yeah. to ruminate upon tonight. Is the NFL popular? Uh, let me answer that question leading you into Jerry Jones. Courtney, the Cowboys 49ers had 41.5 million viewers 
making it the most watched game in seven, most watched wildcard game in seven years. So is the NFL popular? Uh, 42 million people thought that game was pretty popular. Uh, what yeah. did you, and Jerry Jones lives and dies with this team. He's, he, he goes on the radio there, he and his son all the time. What did he say about the Dallas Cowboys? Well, I mean, I, I thought, we did we have it? No, we don't we, have it. We let didn't me, have enough time to pull it up, but there's a long quote from him. There's it's a long quote. Just absolutely killing the team. And by the way, he's killing Amari Cooper for the deal they gave him. He gave Amari Wait. Cooper the deal. Yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of people think that Amari Cooper's indifferent to football. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like that's the big, big issue, and I think that that's it. Jerry Jones, I thought, here's what he said. Okay. If I thought changing out men at any level would improve us, I would change it out. I, I've looked around. I see a lot of names, a lot of great names, I, a lot of na great names from colleges. I see them coming through. I've seen a lot of great na names at various duties in the NFL come over. I haven't seen but a couple that I thought might have the straight shot at what's up. That's Belichick up in New England. His record is unbelievable. But aside from that, I'll, I'll be very candid. I see human beings, human frailties, human work ethic, human excelling and coming up a long way. Bottom line is, yes, I'm very frustrated and upset that you can call it COVID. You can call it anything. But we have used up some very talented players over the last few years. That, you know what that was? First off, that was a shot at Urban Meyer, low-key in there. And then, secondly, that was an existential approach to back McCarthy. He, he went, look, human beings are human beings. We've got a human being. We're going to try to get better with our human being. Right, but then he added on, let me be real clear. One of the pet peeves I have is that I don't like this. Well, we've got to work on this in the offseason. We've got to work on this. I don't go for that. I want these things recognized and addressed after we play Tampa in week one or after the first game or after we play the sixth game. I don't want to wait until we're sitting here with no season left to address these things and we're doing nothing or not doing. All that is is a mix here and a part of what I do. That's the way I do it. As you know, the ultimate decision in these coaches is the one I have to make. Jerry Jones. So what, what he's saying, he's saying I was really frustrated that these penalties yeah. that were happened in week one continue through the playoffs and that that's a complete shot at his head coach. There's no denying that, that he didn't, which is what I say all year long. I mean, you, you look at a coach and you say, what have you done to fix the problem? Here's the problem. Fix it. You didn't fix it. You didn't do anything about it. You didn't add more times. You didn't hire more referees, whatever it was. I mean, I know coaches that if they have offensive linemen are holding, they'll put, they'll put mittens on the players so they can't hold. I mean, uh, you got to do something. Yeah. He said about Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper should take half the field with him when he runs a route. A whole bunch of that defense ought to have to honor Cooper. He, uh, sorry, he went on to say that he, basically he's frustrated with Amari Cooper and frustrated with the contract. But they gave he gave him he signs off on everything. Jerry gave Amari Cooper that contract. Yeah, he did, and he and he gave it to him. And the Raiders give them credit. They felt like Amari Cooper wasn't all in. They felt like Amari Cooper wasn't in love with wasn't a lover of football. Didn't really it wasn't passionate for him. He was tremendous. He's a great player, but that overdrive that that Michael Jordan gene that I'm great, but I want to be greater. You know, that I love to play. You know, it's a little. You know, it's like how does Ben Simmons? If you love basketball. How are you Ben Simmons and you're not playing? If you love competition, how are you Ben Simmons and not playing? I don't want to hear that he's got some mental, he's got some, some, some issues, you know, that, are, that, that, that we know that is addressing the contract, not addressing anything else, right? So we understand that. And I would be way sympathetic if I thought that was really the case. But we know that's clutch sports' way of trying to handle the situation. But how, how if you love something, 
whether it's pizza or competing, and you get it taken away from you, how do you not want it back? Mm. You know, it reminds me, you think Lombardi's teams are going to be penalized 13 times? It reminds me, do you remember the story about Madden? So Lombardi used to go give symposiums to coaches, right? He used to say, here, Madden said, I'll go as one in California. He sat down, he did a whole weekend, Lombardi, on one play. (laughs) He did like nine hours on one play. Madden walked in, said, I thought I knew what what being a coach was. He walked out, he said, I realized I don't know anything about coaching. And that was from hanging out with Vince Lombardi for a weekend because he took the whole entire weekend to talk about coaching one play. You think Mike McCarthy, I mean, you think 13 penalties are going to happen under Lombardi's watch? That's not in that type of game. That's not going to happen. No, and that's why this is a weekend to take it right back to betting is you got to bet the coaches. You got to bet the coach. You got to you got to put that in your handicapping. You got to put that in your handicapping. And I'm not trying to be critical of Zach Taylor, but he's never really been to this dance before. This is uncharted territory. Brian Callahan's never been here before. So this is uncharted category. There's going to be things that happen in this game that you've got to be really prepared for. And you know, when you look at some of the situations, you know, they got away with it at Chiefs when he went for it on, on that fourth down. Will he get away with it again? I think those are questions. Will they handle the situations of football the most? That, I didn't think they handled the situational football in the last game. And it almost cost them, and they got away with it. They got away with it because of the Raiders more than they, because of themselves. And you mentioned Taylor Vrabel, who's relatively green, relatively new to coaching, has been excellent. He's eight no straight up ATS, eight plus days between games. He's four and no straight up in ATS following a bye. Okay, and by the way, with those eight plus days of rest, his teams are giving up just a little over ten points. Vrabel, remember, Vrabel did this in a big spot. He went to New England and won the game on the road. Yeah, and because he has a formula. Now, he lost to Kansas City that year. Eventually, he went the next week and went into Baltimore and won that game. You know, they have a formula. He knows the formula. The formula is playoff tested. For example, the Eagles' formula for how they want to play now with their offense and defense, particularly with their offense, that formula may give you pre-regular season wins. It won't give you playoff wins. That formula of just being able to have no dropback, a quarterback that can't read the coverage. And there's a lot of video. Today I did WIP here in Philadelphia this morning, and they played a video of one of the coaches of the Bucs. I don't know if it was Bowles or Kevin Ross, the defensive back coach, that they're screaming to their players, look, just make sure you, he can't read the coverage. He can't read the coverage. All the things we talk about, about why Jalen Hurts is going to have a hard time taking it to the next level, is what they're yelling on the sideline. And I think ultimately what we're saying here is you can cheat yourself into thinking you've got this kind of team during the regular season, but when playoff time comes around, you've got to be able to do these situational things that count towards winning. And the Titans do them really well. Cap coaches in the second game tomorrow, San Francisco Green Bay. Well, I, I think we're, the challenge that LaFleur has is can he get enough? Can he, did he improve his kicking game on the bye week? What did he do during the bye week to help his kicking game? And if he can just get a little bit better there, that's going to help go a long way. So that, that's, that's going to be the key. I'm sure he'll do a wonderful job offensively because he knows the scheme. He's played against the scheme before he gets it. And I think this is an even matchup. I think that this is kind of an even matchup from a coaching standpoint. Kyle Shanahan's first drive of this game will be very good. I think in the second game, McVay seems to know, and I love Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles should be a head coach too. But I think McVay has a really good feel for how Todd calls the game and plays the game. I think it's really interesting. 
And I do think Brady, with Leftwich behind him, will handle the, 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 the Raheem Morris. He plays them. It'll be a little different. They put pressure on Brady the last time. They couldn't run the ball. Brady was the leading rusher in the last game. And then I think in the final game, Buffalo-KC, I think that's a really good even chess match between the coaches. I think, look, let's face it, you're not getting to the Elite Eight if you didn't have a good job coaching your team. And, and I say that with respect to Zach Taylor. I think he did a good job this year, and I've been very critical of Zach Taylor. I think he did the smart thing, getting the ball in the chase, because he knows that offensive line isn't very good. And the thing about the Bengals that I think we don't talk enough about, they're good in the kicking game. Mm-hmm. The Bengals are good in the kicking game. They, they don't lose that phase. Whereas Green Bay, most of these West Coast, conf, West Coast offensive guys, they just want clean exchanges and they don't want any harm in the kicking game. And that's why they're so bad at it. Andy Reid's not like that either. He's good in the kicking game. Talking, talking to you for years now doing this, my assumption would be if Bill Belichick were to analyze a team, he would start with special teams. And then he'd, that would it's the first it, thing he looks at. That, he looks at the it's fascinating, team. isn't it? It's what most it's, people overlook. He, it's, it's, it's the non-obvious, right? The secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non-obvious. The special teams are the non-obvious. Tremendous. That sounded like, was that a Lombardi? That might have been a Michael Lombardi no, quote a or a Vince Lombardi Aure- That's quote. a Marcus Aurelius quote. That's, that's a, a Marcus one. Aurelius quote. Yeah. There it is. We're getting stoic here on a Friday. Yeah, come, very stoic. We, we come back. That was good stuff. We come back. We've got Josh. We'll get an update on the market and maybe a college hoops play on the way out. And then we continue. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right. Pardon me. Before you make your best bet, Stephen Bond, you got betting splits over at vsin.com. Make sure you check them out. We always asked about where do we get our data. Well, you can have the same data. It's right there, vsin.com. New feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see what the public's doing as far as uh, the number of tickets, where the money doesn't match the public opinion. It's all there. Data is available for money line over under against spread bets. Betting splits are another way. Vsin is making you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. We're going to bring Josh in just quickly, Michael Lombardi. Um, I heard Stephen Bond talking to Josh, and Stephen mm-hmm. is a big Bills fan. I heard him say yeah. he's got butterflies. So apparently we're going to lose a producer, and uh, we've got a football player behind the glass because he is nervous. He's got butterflies. How is that possible? Can you well, help me? Well, I mean, I can understand that it's a big game. You know, you got a lot, is, lot, a a lot wrapped up into this. I mean, your palms start to sweat. You know, you just, you know, there's oftentimes when I was in the league, I would have just rather taken a sedative, fell asleep for three hours, and to wake up and tell me who won the game. The pain of going through it was so <laughs> Somewhat hard. I suggest that, Stephen. Don't watch. Just take a sedative. Wake up three hours later and tell people what you did. Here's a script for Clonopin. Take care of it, son. Uh, okay, yeah. we've got our buddy Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is vodvisoncom slash podcast, of course. Betting across America as well. Are you nervous? Well, Patriots aren't around. Sorry, that was kind of a troll job. <laughs> that, was, that was my bad. Uh, Josh, how are we feeling today? Patrick Michael doing great. And uh, yeah, I was telling Steven, you know, uh, I'm from Massachusetts. Obviously, Steven's from New York. He's he's nervous about the Bills. I said, at least you're, you can be nervous about a game. To me, it's just, you know, they're all the same. They're Coke machines, as Michael likes to call it now. Uh, yeah. my, my, you know, my dog is out of the fight here at this point. But yeah, Steven, big game for Bills Mafia here. They're ready to set things on fire and break some tables. He That would be, be a whole new look. We talk about Kyler Murray not being able to see over the offensive lineman. Steven Bond would be struggling <laughs> trying to see over some offense. No offense, bro. You know what I'm saying, though. 
Um, okay, Josh Applebaum, do you? Let me let's start here with a market update. Five and a halfs everywhere for the for in Green Bay, and then three and a halfs everywhere the early game tomorrow. Yeah, so super excited for this weekend. Obviously, one of the best weekends to bet if you're a fan or a better in general. But we got a fresh batch of data from BetMGM. So, uh, you know, over the past few days, more and more bets have built up. You're going to get more this weekend. But some updated numbers across the market from our buddies at BetMGM. Your number one most contrarian play of the weekend at BetMGM would be the 49ers. This is notable. You only have 20% of bets grabbing San Fran here, 80% of bets here on the Packers. And this is important because, you know, Packers were always a public play. But when they got hit early, they opened, you know, four and a half. Some wise guy money hit him. Maybe that number was a little bit too low. But then he got to six, and he kind of waited on the key number of six. And then, you know, maybe with this good injury report, Bosa was a full participant in practice. Uh, Jimmy G and Shanahan, we know they're great numbers as dogs in general. But he had some buyback on the six, bringing it back down to five and a half. So, uh, again, that kind of solidifies the play if, if you like the 49ers that, hey, the public is all over, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers here, 80% of bets at home. I would wait to see if you get the six again. You know, going into tomorrow, is there more money that comes in on Rodgers? Just want to sweat him at home. So I would hold out for the six, but like that movement towards the 49ers. The other most lopsided play, guys, the Titans and the Bengals. Right now, you only have about 35% of bets on the Bengals, 65% on the Titans at BetMGM. Remember, that thing opened minus three. Early money hit Titans, bringing it up to three and a half. Westgate got to four for a split second came right back down. So uh, Rams, Bucks, Bills, Chiefs, those are more 50-50 games. Your top two most lopsided plays will be only 35% on Bengals and only 20% on the 49ers. There you go. My, my question, Josh, is what do you think this Bengal line will get to four? Because I, I think tomorrow, by the time we're done the show, I, I think we could be headed to four. I think you could be right, Michael. Again, you know, we're sitting in this no man's land three and a half where both sides are minus 110 juice. So the odds makers, I think they're probably feeling pretty good about it right now. You're kind of splitting the difference. It's a public play to Tennessee. They don't want to go to four right now, but if the money continues to pour in leading up to tomorrow, that's something to wait, wait out for. Again, if you like the Titans or either side here, pay attention to the juice. If it trends up minus 115, minus 120 to Titans, you want to get that three and a half before it goes to four. If it's trending back down to the Bengals, then maybe if you like the three and a half, grab it now before it gets to three. And can I just follow up? And the reason that's such a great point by Michael, four has become more of a key number over the past few years. The fourth down gambles and also moving the extra point back, four has become yep. a key number where we usually just would say three, seven, six, ten. Four has become key here, Josh. It really has. And again, to your point, Patrick, pushing that, uh, you know, that uh, that field goal back a little bit. You've had led to more misses here. So you have more key numbers than back in back in the day. Uh, and, and really, Patrick, to me, the four, when you look at it from a dog perspective or a favorite perspective, it's saving you from a loss and turning it into a push. Like, you know, you lose, uh, you know, 27 to 23, you lose by four, you get the plus four, you push, you get the three and a half, you lose. So that's my the way my brain looks at it. Wanting to get that extra point, maybe not to win, but to save you from a loss and turn it into a push yep now we haven't discussed the totals so do you want to set us quickly up on the on the totals for this weekend yeah, I want to set you guys up, and Michael, get your take here. So, number one, playoff unders this year. We know favorites, chalk has done very well, but playoff unders are 4-2 and two so far. Remember, regular season, they were 54%. They were pretty decent overall. But looking at these percentages, the public is on every single over this weekend. Uh, 73% of bets on the Titans over. 65% on the Green Bay over. 66% on the Tampa Bay over. Kansas City-Buffalo, that was a big one. 83% on that over. Uh, and, Michael, I want to get your take because – 
pretty much they're all moving up except for two. Uh, 49ers Green Bay fell 47 and a half to 47. Rams Bucks fell some 48 and a half down to 48. And if you look at these totals that fall at least a half point in the playoffs, they're 56% last decade. So, Michael, any interest in the, the Green Bay under or the Tampa Bay under? Those are your only totals this week, uh, this weekend that are actually staying the same or falling. Well, I actually like the Rams. I think the Rams-Bucks uh, game could be a really good offensive showdown. I think, like I've said earlier on the show, McVay knows Bowles, and I think Brady will know what Raheem Morris is doing. I could see this being a, a shootout a little bit going back and forth. The other game, as, 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 uh, as Wes Reynolds talks really well about, is the pace of the game. 32nd pace team in, in Green Bay, 30th pace team in, in San Francisco. So the pace of the game, plus San Francisco wants to run the ball, control the clock, limit the amount of time. I see that one going under more than I do the other. Josh, do you have a lean on any of the four to, uh, any of the totals here across the four? Yeah, that's kind of the one I was looking at, San Fran Green Bay, not only in terms of pace, which is an important stat to look at, but you're going to have some wind there. You know, it's going to be about 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. It's going to be cold, as we all know. But these playoff unders, uh, when it's windy, 10 miles an hour or more, last decade, they're 16 and 8, 67%. So, again, my whole thing is like public's hitting every single over. It makes sense that the Bengals are going, or, or, or the, the, that line is rising, or the Buffalo line is rising, but it's these fishy ones where public is hammering the over, yet the line falls that really piqued my interest. So, Green Bay, San Fran, and both. Rams and Tampa Bay would match that. Just as a question, we've been talking food today. When you and Elise sit down and you have like chicken, do you say the last three times we've had chicken, 67% approval rate on this chicken dinner? Like you feel, I feel like you have a stat for everything is what I'm trying to say. Well, I try to make a case for something, Patrick, but you always got to say 100%. If she hears it's 67%, yes. that's not good. Yeah. I'll, I'll be, I'll be learned. Eating, uh, you know, on the couch. You know? you've, you've, you've learned well, my friend. Um, before we get – first off, I, I see you got UFC. So on the way out, let's give – you're also on Michigan State. I just want to reiterate, Michigan State there in whiskey today, a college hoops. Wes was also on Michigan State, Josh. Yeah, they caught my eye, Patrick. You know, this is kind of your biggest, most heavily bet game of the night. Everybody's loading up on Wisconsin here. They're ranked uh, eighth versus Michigan State 14th. This is kind of a classic play to me where public's on uh, Wisconsin at home, higher ranked team, better record, yet the line is going to Michigan State. A lot of these books open, Sparty getting four points. Now they're down to uh, three. I see some two and a halfs out there. If you like Sparty, you probably want that three. Ken Palm has them losing right by three, so you're kind of right on the number. The value there was three and a half or four, but Michigan State, uh, better shooting team, four. 47% versus 42% uh, conference dog with a reverse line move in your favor, better rebounding to me. I, I'm taking the points here, Michigan state. That's kind of a classic, you know, conference dog with a line move in your favor. And do we have a big UFC card? We've got a big UFC card coming up. Don't we? Huge card. And, you know, uh, Gamble and Lou has been doing a great job. Reed Kuhn in the Visa newsletter and Points of Weekly. Two that caught my eye, Michael. So I know you're, you're looking for football this weekend, but if you want to sweat some uh, some fighting with the crew, the main event. I can uh, guarantee uh, you, Michael, is not going to be up at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning watching UFC this divisional you weekend. no chance, Josh. <laughs> Josh, you go ahead. I, I, I got to talk to somebody in the league. You yeah, go, go ahead and handle this. I got it. <laughs> I, got, I got stuff coming in. You Don't don't include me, Josh. Yeah, ahead, yeah, Bel Josh. Belichick's on the line, so let's talk UFC. Uh <laughs> gone. Uh, I'm going gone here against Nganu. This is a big move toward gone. This is like a minus 110, like uh, almost like a dog price or an even money price on gone early. He's now up to minus 150. So a lot of move on gone in the main event. Uh, he's 31 on uh, gone. 35. So he's younger and also really good bet split here. Gone's only getting 36% of bets. Public is all over in Ganu yet. Gone is getting 65% of the money. So a low bets, higher dollar line move. Give me gone there. Then also Brandon Moreno guys in the co-main event. 
checks off all the boxes for me. He's younger, 28 versus 34. He's taller, 5'6 versus 5'4. He's got a longer reach, 70 inches versus 68. And another big move uh, or a move toward Moreno, minus 170 to minus 180, only getting 43% of bets, but 73% of money. So in the main event, Give me those favorites there with Gon and Moreno. And Ganu is a guy that I have a hard time fading just because there's some people you look at and you're like, I just want to bet on that person. He's, he's, yeah. <laughs> he scares me to go the other way. Um, good stuff, Josh. Okay, Michigan's it's a Sparty party across the board here on Lombardi Line. Okay, when we come back, we'll try to get out of Michael exactly who he's texting. <laughs> because I, I looks the way he was looking at the phone, it looks important. That's the one thing I will say. Josh, good luck. Mm-hmm. Market Insights is the pod betting across America. Thank Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Okay, we're coming back here on the Lombardi line. Mystery phone text messages going on. We'll find out. What's next? At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's a special offer from BetMGM for the postseason this weekend. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team scores a touchdown, regardless of the game's outcome, you're going to win $200. Make that $10 investment for $200. Use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200. Uh, again, this is for new bettors over at BetMGM and paid for in free bets. Also, when you start betting through at MGM, you get M Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort, which is pretty cool. So you're getting paid to, to bet for them. Also, promotion subject to qualification, eligibility requirements, rewards issued as a non withdrawable free bet, as I mentioned, on site credit. 1 800 Gambler, if you have issues. Teron da- Davenport, who does a great job covering the Titans, has uh, just said that. Not only is Henry going to play, but Henry is going to start. Looks like likely that Henry's going to start, Michael. So He ain't on no pitch count. He's not on any pitch count. I mean, once he's cleared, he's cleared. I mean, he's going. I mean, they're not going to keep what – he, what's he saving it for? I mean, you know, it's funny. He's, he, you know, if you ask people in the, in the in, in football fans, they ask how many, car, how many yards did he gain this year and how many carries, people say, oh, he, you know, he missed half the season. He probably, you know, had 500 yards and 100 carries, right? Guy said over 200 carries and almost 900 yards, over almost a thousand yards. Yeah, I mean, he he's had a season. If you go back to the 60s and the 50s, he's already played a season. If you go back there, he's as fresh as a daisy. There's the numbers. I Look mean, it. there there it is right there. It's 19, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's as fresh as a daisy. You know, 
I mean, this is he, honestly or, the best case scenario for the Titans. When they gave him that contract, the worry was that he would run out. Getting a half a year off, but still making the postseason and getting a bye is ideal. It really is. They kept them from abusing him. And now they have Foreman. They found out, okay, maybe we don't have to run this big guy as much because he's defied all logic when it comes to carries and usage. You know, most times guys that have this many carries over 300 or 40, the next year they fall apart. This guy keeps on ticking. I mean, you know, he's amazing. And, and so, I, I, to me, they're not saving him. This is, they're going to ride him. They're going to take this big, big Bronco and go with it, you know, and they're going to take him all the way through. Because, look, let's face it, with these two little ends that they play, and, 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 and they're good players. I don't mean to say little in the sense of they're, they're not quality players, but Hendrickson and, you know, I mean, they're, they're not exactly the big guys. And so, you got to, you know, one of the ways you got to handle them is you got to run the ball outside. That's why they've struggled against the run. You know, and so they, you know, they're, they're pass rushers, basically. Hubbard and Hendrickson are pass rushers, pen, penetrators, get up the field. You know, they're not exactly going to sit there and anchor the edge of the point. You know, Hubbard's 270. Hendrickson's probably 272, 275, something like that. You know, so they're not big men. You know, Hendrickson was 255 coming out of college. So you're talking about two of their edges are light, and then they don't have a Gajobi inside. This sets up perfectly for the big man to come in there and start delivering the mail. He is, um, he's already a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's just think about what they're getting back a guy in his prime that's headed to the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you and I have had the conversation about the, just the aesthetically when you, when you see somebody. Uh, I've heard in, in person, Derrick Henry is, it blows your mind that somebody that big can run that fast. <laughs> like, he just, you he's know, unbelievable. I, and where I misevaluated him coming out in the draft, and I think a lot of people did because he was in the third round, is I thought his ability to redirect was going to be the end of it. So for me, I saw him as a powerful runner, and I saw him as a point of entry back. And what does that mean? A point of entry back means that you've got to get him into the hole quickly. You ha- he can't have anybody bother him in his pathway to the hole. Because if he has to shift right or shift left, it's a problem, and the play's over. So we call that kind of back point of entry running back. I thought that's what Henry was at Alabama. You know, I knew he ran the outside zone. I was concerned about his speed to get to the outside, plus when he had to redirect off the, you know, when you run the inside and outside, when you run the outside zone specifically, you're reading the block of one guy. And when that guy cuts off a defender, whether to his right or to his left, you cut. And so you've got to be really good. And he proved me wrong in that area. He's way better. He's not a point of entry back. He's not only a power back, he's a physical back. He's a change of direction back with shiftiness. You know, Vince Lombardi used to say this back in the 60s. He said the hardest thing to do in evaluating players is to evaluate quickness in big men. Because the little guy, you see quickness. You see the quickness in, in, in Wes Welker. You see the quickness in Julian Edelman. You see it in Danny. You know, you see it. It's really obvious to you, right? But the big guy, you don't know how quick he is. And I think that's one of the misleading factors of why Henry is so good. His quickness is kind of hidden from all of us. The quick twitchiness doesn't seem like it should be there, right? It shouldn't. It, it should With his size, it shouldn't. But it is. It's remarkable. And, it's really remarkable. And you could tell it's somebody that works because it appears just just watching. He's 
he's just as fast, if not gotten faster since he's gotten the league. Like he has, he has gotten better year to year as well, which is fascinating. These guys wear down by the age 28 through 30. I know. And he's gotten stronger. I mean, he must be jumping in that same pool that Brady's going in, you know, for that, when they're like cocoon. I mean, how does he keep doing it? You know, it's just remarkable. And I think this break has helped him, you know, and I think this break has allowed Tennessee to find another runner. It wasn't Adrian Peterson. It found out to be Foreman. And now maybe Foreman can come in and give them the one-two attack where they're not losing power. You know, the one thing when Henry's in the game, you know it's probably, you know, he's getting the ball. So you're really, really going to tune into that play action. And, you know, if you don't react to him in the run game, <laughs> you know, remember that Baltimore game where he took it 80 yards yeah. on, a, on, a, on a key third down or 70 yards? I mean, He's got, he, you know, this is what you're worried about. And remind, this Cincinnati team is not big and physical on the edges. No. And now, they signed Zach Kerr this week. He was on the Arizona practice squad. He's bounced around the league quite a bit. He's from the University of Delaware. He's, two, he's 320 pounds. They put him in there to play because, really, B.J. Hill, the kid that they traded for from the Giants, you know, B.J. Hill is more of a nickel rusher. He's, and he's been able to, you know, get some – they were using him as a nickel rusher, not a point-of-attack guy. So they're going to have to be really careful as they play the inside of this defense, and they're going to have to be in some form of an eight-man front. I mean, we say that like it's the cure for cancer, right? Get an eight-man front, you'll stop the run. Stop. You won't. Like, there's tons of eight-man fronts that people don't. Because part of the reason why they don't is because of play action and because of boots and nakeds. And if you run that, as I've said many times, the only play in football the quarterback blocks somebody on is the naked. Somebody's got to go with them. So he takes somebody with him, even when he fakes it. So that, that's also going to be the issue. So not only is there not going to be a pitch count for Henry. Hey, this is for tomorrow here, Stephen Bond. Maybe a prop watch. We get a prop, we'll get, get a number as far yeah, as Yeah, I mean, King Bill Henry's Berman told me about and, a prop watch he got. I think he, I think he got uh, Henry on some of the, the props. And I think the other prop one is, the, uh, is the, the, the Josh Allen one. I mean, really, when you break down the Buffalo Bills, and we'll talk about it over the weekend, but when you break down the Buffalo Bills, they are a single-wing offense right now. He is their main ball carrier. Everything. And since that Buffalo game, when they did, since the New England game, when they didn't use him in the red zone and run him down there, they've said, enough of that. He's now going to be a runner. And like Henry, this late stage in the year, there ain't nothing to save it for. There's nothing to save it for. Yep, we'll have plenty of that tomorrow. There's number three and a half, 47 and a half. So my, my point is, is your, your assumption is not only is there not going to be a pitch count, you're going to get a lot of Derrick Henry tomorrow because this is a defense you can run against, obviously. You're going to have to run again. Well, first of all, Tennessee runs the ball on anybody. I mean, oh, nobody yeah, stops their really running game. I mean, you know, like that's just they run it against everybody and they're good at running the ball. I mean, they're really good at being able to run the football. So, you know, they're, and, and that's who they have to be. I mean, they can't, they can't change who they are, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're fifth in the league in, in rushing yards per game. You know, this is what they do. And it protects the football. It also allows them to get control of the game and control the pace of the game. So, for me, I, I think there's no doubt that they're going to run the football. And I think we're going to see a lot of carries for the big man. Where'd you get that number, Stephen? I'm going to give this. Bet MGM has 70 and a half as far as the rush total. So, oh, excuse me, 78. Wow, they're up to 78 on Derrick Henry as far as his rush prop for tomorrow. I, I would take that now before it starts to come out. All right, and we will. You know what? That's a good one. We'll put a pin in that now. 78 today. See if tomorrow, it goes up. Yeah. See if it goes up. Yeah. We'll it might heads. go up. It should. Yeah. Uh, 
We only have a minute. I just on the way out. I know you haven't cared about yeah. the 76ers since you were hanging out in Capri. Not, not at least. Since not, you were hanging out not, in Capri not. in the 80s. Um, but yeah, I think your boy Daryl Morey was on local radio and he said, uh, "Oh, I heard less, it. I mean, I live in Philly, likely. so I, we're not going to we're not going to trade bills." I, I, I heard. I, I listened <laughs> to him in Philly. Fans. We're not doing it. You know, we're Good. not going to do it. You Congratulations know? to well, not you, Philly fans though. 76er fans. But, I mean, Philly fans were kind of a, really more upset about it. I think they were concerned because he's not going to do it. I think they all want they want him out of town and they and they want to get on with their season. Now, you know, the other thing is, can they can they get this done? I see a Stephen Bond. I'll do it in 30 seconds. Is they also want to send Tobias Harris, which could be the worst contract in, in all of sports. I mean, Elton Brand had a bad year that year. We'll talk about it later, Patrick. It's so good. <laughs> Tobias Harris, nice guy, terrible contract. That's terrible contract. Without a doubt. Capri in the 80s. Man, it must have been nice, huh? Hanging out. Tuscany. Hey, what are you going to do? Millie was there. <laughs> you got your sweetheart. Tomorrow, you and me, 7, my time, 10, your time. Lombardi line. We'll see you. Odds on. next. See you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 